0: Can we call it bargain bin shopping instead of dumpster diving? Yeah, that's better than dumpster diving.
1: (laughs) Dumpster diving is... It's like it took forever for new moves to happen, and then three and a half things happened in 40 hours.
0: I have a first thought about that, which is you would need six good starting pitchers, wouldn't Mm -hmm. you?
1: Yeah, that would make a big difference. Um...
0: (laughs) And welcome to episode number 190 of Artificial Turf Wars, where we waited until we had 150 million reasons to make another podcast. I almost said episode number 150, and that would just have confused (laughs) so many people. (laughs) Oh my goodness, we are going to talk tonight, my friend Joshua Howsam, how are you?
1: I am very good, thank you.
0: Let me run it down for the people at home, or in their car, uh, or walking. We are going to talk about the largest free agent contract in Blue Jays history. George Springer will be a Blue Jay uh, for potentially the next six years. Uh, We are going to talk about Kirby, and yes, for everyone wondering, uh, Josh did demand that I have the sound effect ready, uh, Yates. We're going to talk about what's happening with Tyler Chatwood, uh, the overwhelming disappointment of having and losing Michael Brantley, which, I mean, really, did we ever have him? Uh, what is next? What is next is a good question. Uh, and then we're going to talk about things that maybe didn't happen. Uh, we have your 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 questions, of course. There's a lot of a lot of questions that, of course, we can't really answer, but we're going to take a crack at. Uh, we have a do-over lesson in patience which seems to not be a thing in the sports media world. And we have a do-over for our old pal, Mark Stroman. I think that probably gets us there. And hopefully we keep it under three hours. Okay. <laughs>
1: So i mean we got a few weeks worth of episodes to make up for (laughs) We just
0: keep stacking it in there you folks this is part one um no but seriously i mean nothing's happened on the field yet so i don't know how much there is to talk about but we should definitely talk about the groundbreaking history making for the blue jays anyway signing of george springer because it it has two things that we have not heard the the words hundred million and we have not heard the word six years in a very very long time have we yeah,
1: not for either of those since Vernon Wells signed his extension back in 2006, I believe it was. And, you know, that wasn't even a free agent. That was just the guy that was had been with them for five years. So this is unprecedented.
0: Mm hmm. Now,
1: yeah. oh, go ahead. Yeah, see, it's, and it's, and it's bigger than the Wells deal by, you know, $24 million. So it's big.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think um, inflation wise and, and player salary inflation wise, it, it, it isn't, you know, it isn't uh, ridiculously bigger. Um, True. The Jays are definitely looking to max out the value of the front end of those six years, though. like if, Because George Springer is 31 years old.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think that, given their choice, they would have wanted to go to six years. I mean, all reports say that first offer was five years, $115 million, And they ended up at 60, six years, $150 million. Now there's obviously a significant difference between those two sets of numbers, but you know sometimes you just got to do that. If this is the guy you want and you think he's what you need, then ugh, take you just deal with it on the back end. They did it with Russell Martin, they did it probably with Hyunjin Ryu, and they're doing it with George Springer, and you yeah, know that's fine. You know you've got the financial wherewithal to absorb something like that. Do it.
0: This is the market, right? For for um, what what's going on. We've watched other players go by right um dj Lemayhu has gone by um uh help me out
1: here yeah i mean they didn't get lindor in a trade yeah and then kim the shortstop from korea didn't happen they were the second you know they finished second on kim on on sagano who ended up going back to japan
0: (laughs) Um, that was weird that was a like much ado about nothing
1: Well, yeah. I mean, we'll, we. well fine. We'll just quickly get into this. But uh, I mean, he ended up going back for the biggest contract I think in the history of Japanese baseball, and he has opt outs every single year. So I think he's doing okay.
0: Yeah, I just mean it's it's uh, usually it's well now you have to figure out how much better the other team is that got him, and in this case, eh, you don't have to figure that out at all. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of disappointed people in, in, uh, around baseball that they don't have George Springer right now. So it's an enviable position for us to be in, to bring it back to Springer.
1: Yeah. And this is kind of the interesting thing about this. For example, last year when they got Ryu, it's like, okay, well, the Dodgers had decided to move on because they had a thousand pitchers and the Yankees got Cole. So they were out and the angels gave all this money. Rendon, they were out. And then. You know, Strasburg went back to the Nats, Wheeler to the Phillies. It was just sort of like, okay, it's the Jays and the Twins that are kind of at this level. So they got him. But this time, George Springer was the best free agent on the market, or at least the guy the Jays identified as their number one target. And they got him.
0: That's really Uh, cool. Yeah, I'm going to need like some some smelling salts or something because – that is also historically not what the Blue Jays have done. And, and as much as Major League Baseball is talking about a 162-game season and a regular spring training, um, I don't know just yet how playing in Toronto is going to work. So part of that $150 million pitch is this year you might be playing your home games in a AAA park. No,
1: it'll be a single A park cuz they'll be playing in Dunedin probably. Oh, but it, uh,
0: I mean, duh! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well,
1: maybe the pitch there is you'll be paying Florida taxes. Oh, maybe which is non-existent. But uh, but no, you're right though. I mean, I mean there was a lot of talk about the iffiness of the Jays home park and what that could be doing to them. I mean, there's there were stories that that cost them with Corey Kluber now. Odds are that it's was more so the fact that he'd been training with the Yankees trainer the entire time when he's been rehabbing, but you know, it is a thing and it wasn't because they did what they needed to, to get the best player.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, kudos to them. Uh, you know, George Springer is absolutely a huge talent, not just with the bat as well, which is the other thing I think that, that tends to happen when you, when the Jays have picked guys over 30 is, um, They've had, you know, one area that they've been good at, but but kind of weak everywhere else. Springer is is an all around good player. Yeah, and this was
1: the real reason that, you know, both you and I, when we were talking about who we'd want the most, we identified Springer, and it's because he's a pretty good center fielder. And the Jays haven't had a good center fielder defensively since you know Pilar, and they haven't had a good center fielder overall since. Devon White? <laughs> <laughs> Vernon Wells? <like> it, <laughs> it's, it, it's, been a, it's been a really long time. And in the next year's free agent market was devoid of useful center fielders. And they don't have one in the minors unless Austin Martin gets moved there. So getting a good one now made all the sense. And they did it. And it's just incredible.
0: Yeah, um, we are not at this point breaking down our lineups because I think we have like three questions asking us what the heck our lineup is going to be.
1: It might be six at this point. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, which is so I, I yeah, well, I'll get to that when we get to that. But I, I have a, uh, I have a memory about lineup constructions that kind of turned me off lineup constructions for a long time. Um, so that says we, we know he's going to play center. So I guess though we should talk about uh, before we move to the pitchers, who does that push? out of the outfield, do you think?
1: That's a really good question. I think it really, you know, it's hard to answer that without figuring out what they do elsewhere. Um Assuming they make no other moves, which I don't assume. I think that's lunacy to assume that. But assuming they make no other moves, they wouldn't have to move anybody off the lineup. They would just probably move Teoscar to the, outf- to the DH, Rowdy at first and Vlad at third. But given that it's very likely they will add another infielder or another bat of some kind, I think it's possible that Gritchuk might just get moved out of a regular role altogether.
0: Which is crazy, because Gritchuk is the guy they are paying, what is it, 12 or $14 million to quote-unquote play center field? On...
1: Well, he's $9.3 million a year at this point. But, uh... Okay,
0: just p- pennies now compared to... <laughs> To what he used to be, but I mean, this is this is a guy who, for them, they wanted to lock in a couple of years ago. Now, I mean, I think we knew full well at the time that, that Randall Gritchick was not a generational talent of of, of any kind. He was just a, a solid player. But now it seems like between Lourdes Gurriel Jr. and Teoscar Hernandez and Derek Fisher, remember him? Um, <laughs> th- there's a lot of uh, a lot of innings to distribute and. Grichuk does not get on base.
1: No, and this is the thing with Gritchuk, right? He kind of gets a bad rap overall. People are like, oh, he's a bum, get him off the teams. Like no, he's he's a perfectly useful player. He's just flawed. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And he's and he's a guy you don't really want to be locked into for five years, three remaining, but he's a guy <laughs> that <laughs> he he's still a valuable piece to have on a roster. So I think that if the Jays wanted to trade him, they could. They'd have to pay down some of his contract, but he's a league averageish bat and he can play all the outfield spots. I mean, that's a useful player. He's just not
0: but at the level
1: day. of the other guys on this team.
0: Yeah, I mean, you 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 look at Teoscar Hernandez. Uh let's say again, let's say you don't you can't put him at DH because you need other people uh taking those at bats because you've changed something else. Diasc Hernandez has had essentially right a 900 OPS over the past two seasons, even though the one was a short season. It's really tough to sit him down for Randall Grichuk or or Luis Guriel, right? Yeah, it's like man, it's a 900 OPS. That's that doesn't. It's just more. It's more good stuff um, from that slot in the lineup and absolutely massive power. Um, Yeah, so I I think, I mean, it's a great problem to have. when, uh, sure. We were t- we were talking last night and about Brantley, which obviously we're going to talk about later. But I, you know, the the joke is, isn't everybody just an outfielder or a DH at this point? Is there <laughs> is there a defi- how many outfielders are there if they're all outfielders? <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're just Can a you- baseball player at that point. It's yeah. Pat Tabler's dream.
0: Yeah, it's just baseball players. Doesn't matter. All right. So I think we have what. What else do you want to talk about with George Springer? Have we covered his his oeuvre? Oh, is he a well, cheater? I mean, is he a cheater? Is, the I guess, the other question we have to – it's the elephant in the room, right? Because he played for that mm-hmm. World Series championship uh, Astros team.
1: Yeah, so the interesting thing with Springer, right? And this is comes into, into play here. Coming up, he struck out a ton. He was, you know, over a strikeout per game throughout the minors and for the first three years in the bigs. And then 2017, he drastically cut down his strikeouts. And people are like, oh, he's changed himself as a hitter. That was the year they started cheating. (laughs) (laughs) But he's kept it up. And that's the thing that, at least from a skills perspective, you know, the power is still there. The on-base percentage is still there. And the strikeouts are still down. So I don't think he's a product of cheating. Now, if we're talking about the morality of it, it's still bad. Like, he, he... was a cheater and we've talked about this we didn't like it and we think that he deserves to have been booed for it does that mean i don't want him on the team because you know because of that no it's just like the reason i didn't want them to fire their coach last year it's like they still want the good players and it's not like he's a bad guy by all accounts he just made some like he 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 did some bad stuff that he didn't get punished for (laughs) by his own luck
0: yeah um i i think the other part that i you know you i sort of put some credence into is uh, some of these guys had fairly significant home road splits um, when they were obviously in the throes of that cheating scandal. Uh, I think Jose Altuve comes to mind Um, and Springer doesn't, he actually has better road numbers over the course of his career, which is just kind of a head scratcher. It's that if, if he was, if he was taking advantage of that, he, he's, he's still able to be quite, Uh, an impact away from that environment that favored him. So I don't know that that's from a how's it going to work out standpoint going to be a problem.
1: Yeah, and actually it's a good thing you mentioned those those splits because Houston is a big park in center field, but it's got the easiest home run box to left field and Springer is a right-handed batter. The fact that his numbers are just as good on the road – is very telling and it's very important for what you can project him to be. He's just a really good hitter.
0: Yeah. It's funny. A lot of people think the short portion Yankee stadium is a joke and it's clear that they don't watch very many Houston Astros games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, again, it's, uh, it's a, a lefty righty thing too. Right. But uh, yeah, you're absolutely correct. Um, that, that you want to, you want some evidence that he performs well in a neutral environment. Okay. That, I think, is good. I think we are going to move on. Uh, Now, I made it so you should be able to hear this cheerful sounding noise. Thank you. So very upbeat. That, folks, if you don't play Kirby games on your (laughs) Nintendo, is Kirby's victory theme. And the Blue Jays uh, got the Kirby victory.
1: Yeah, this is one of those moves that a lot of people wanted to happen kind of thing. Like get a late game reliever, you know, because the Jays typically, so I don't want to call it dumpster diving, but they dumpster dive in the bullpen. You know, they they go for the bargains who they think they can get stuff out of. Now that's worked very well for them. They got Sun Wong. Oh that way. They got Rafael Dolis, Anthony Bass, these guys are, and uh, Daniel Hudson, all these guys have worked out very well for them.
0: Can we call it bargain bin shopping instead of dumpster diving? Yeah, that's diving? better than
1: dumpster diving. <laughs> dumpster diving is – I don't know what that would be.
0: <laughs> but
1: So this time, the market just sort of dropped this special player into their lap because he was injured last year and therefore he was not, you know, Liam Hendricks getting four years, $52 million.
0: That sounds like a Jonathan Pappelbaum contract, doesn't it?
1: I think it might be the Jonathan Pappelbaum contract. <laughs>
0: just, just, just scratch out his name and put mine in there, okay? Um,
1: yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah Hendricks' deal is bizarre, the way that it's worked out, which we're not going to get into because it's not a Blue Jays contract, but it's a big deal for a relief pitcher, and the Jays got got Yates for one year of $5.5 million.
0: Maybe $10 million if everything yeah. slides uh, Kirby's way. And, and if it does, with... you're happy to pay him yeah. 10 million bucks. Fine with me because he's probably got some weird number of saves and like 12 strikeouts per nine or something for whatever the whatever his incentives are based on. Um,
1: yeah, you can't actually do performance strikeout base, but he's getting games finished and saves and all those things.
0: Actually, yeah. I think
1: it's just game finished. You can't do saves game finished innings, whatever they are. If they're pitching him that much, it's because he's good.
0: Now, for those people not familiar with kirby yates uh throw them a couple of numbers about how dominant he can be if things are are now he had bone chips removed from his uh elbow correct yes loose bodies um <laughs> <laughs> uh, presuming he is back to even close to what he was, what was his last healthy season
1: so twenty nineteen so in twenty nineteen he had a one one nine e r a Huge. With yeah, with 101 strikeouts and 13 walks in 60 innings.
0: So the anti Rafael Dolis.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the year before that, he had 90 strikeouts and 17 walks in 63 innings with a 2 1 4 ERA. He's an elite strikeout pitcher with control.
0: And I feel like even if he doesn't have the, the velocity, maybe he had because he, you know, either is coming back from injury or he's not exactly the same, I feel like the control probably is going to serve him well.
1: Yeah, it will. And, and one of the nice things about Yates is he's not your typical 99, 100 mile an hour flamethrowing reliever. He maxes at 96, 97, he averages 93, 94. What makes him successful is he has the world's best split-finger fastball. It's completely unhittable, and he only throws two pitches. He throws the splitter and the fastball, but he gets just extreme whiff rates on those pitches. Like the guys just can't hit him. But his splitter, it's 40% of swings are misses, and he has the highest swing rate on his splitter of any splitter or changeup in baseball.
0: Presumably, that means it looks pretty much exactly like the fastball until it's not and then it's not as fastball and and you look stupid uh and the thing is yeah
1: because of that he just throws the two pitches he gets tons of strikeouts on his fastball even though it's an average fastball it's not super hard it doesn't have elite spin although the the spin angle is very like he gets the most out of the spin he gets basically he gets optimal movement but because of the splitter and because people have to wait, they swing and miss at his fastball. It's like Marco Estrada with his changeup. It's exactly the same concept,
0: right? Uh, you you supplement your your uh, your best pitch supplements your fastball instead of your fa- sorry your fastball supplements your best pitch. Um, yeah, instead of the other way around. Yeah, cool. So I look forward to that. I think that should be interesting and less nail bitery than where the Jays ended up with a the closer. Um, they <laughs> you know the, the, they're not without options in the bullpen though if. If injuries happen, so I, I think uh, that's the other thing that that hasn't, you know, they haven't finished making those moves, but they've already got a decent core in the bullpen. So f- filling filling that slot with a guy who has been super dominant in the past is way better than than what you said than uh, than bargain bin chopping. So you know, one year, maybe one year's all it takes to get into the playoffs.
1: Yeah, uh, and you know this this is the kind of move you make, right? Yeah, if you can get it, because you're not going to get him on this cheap deal for two years, because he's not going to want to give away that. Because if he comes back to what he was, he's going to get a big contract next year.
0: Yeah, he's going to get get, that 10 million without the incentives.
1: Right. So you get or more, right? So you get Mm -hmm. a a potential elite reliever for, you know, in baseball parlance, pennies. You know, five point five million dollars, (laughs) pennies. What a world we live in. Yeah, uh, it's fine. You know, it gives them a really dynamite back of the pen if they go with him. Romano, Dolis, and Baraki from the left side—that's really good.
0: Indeed. So, we will see where we end up with the bullpen. There might be another name in there that's that's also uh, surprisingly dominant by the time we get to spring training. Guys, uh, guys fall out of the sky once in a while. Uh, so, one of the guys that kind of fell into the Blue Jays' lap, Tyler Chatwood, who has been uh, compared to that other uh, to a starting rotation pitcher that the Blue Jays got last year um in terms of control. I had his name and then Ross Tripling's name popped in my head and that's wrong. Help me out. Chase Anderson? No. Throws hard. Doesn't know where the ball is going.
1: Rafael DeWise? <laughs> no, no. From
0: Arizona. The starting pitcher.
1: Oh, Robbie Ray. Ah, yeah, Robbie I'd Ray. Say, yes.
0: So yeah, Chatwood has been compared to Robbie Ray for his inability <laughs> to throw strikes um but uh in chat was also been used a whole bunch of different roles trying to trying to find a spot where he can be consistent it looks like the blue jays are going to try that in the bullpen
1: yeah so it's funny i I was even thinking of something to say about robbie ray It's very the the jays at at the end of the off season russ atkins was like we want to improve the strike throwing and the two uh, pitchers they signed, the first two were Robbie <laughs> Ray and Chad <John>, Wood. <laughs> it's like, um, was this a long con to confuse agents?
0: No, I, then, I think if anybody can improve their strike throwing, it's the two guys who can't throw any strikes because they just throw <laughs> a couple more and all of a sudden they've improved.
1: True. And then they got Kirby <laughs> Yates and had to
0: ruin it. But,
1: yeah.
0: um, I mean, I, so, I challenge you to, to find a way for Kirby Yates to improve his strike throwing.
1: It's going to be tough. Um, Chatwood had a disaster first season with the Cubs where he walked 8.2 batters per nine, which is it's oh, like un- a lot.
0: <laughs> it's
1: untenable. That's what Robbie Ray is doing in Arizona. Um, and he was down to 4.3 the last couple of years. But the thing that's interesting about Chatwood is that he throws a lot harder out of the bullpen. And he's added this cutter, or these refined and started throwing more the last couple of years. His fastball, his curveball and his cutter are all high spin, tough to make contact with pitches. So I think he could be a really useful bullpen weapon.
0: Which uh, would be great. I mean, it would be I I like to see guys who have struggled have success. It it just it's a feel good kind of thing. And then the team gets an unexpected boost out of it. So it's win win. So, yeah. Uh, And again, is Chatwood been hurt or not? I can't remember.
1: He had some minor injury issues last year, but not anything that would be worrisome that would depress his market. He just got – he didn't pitch that
0: well. (laughs) Well, it's it's the other reason though you don't necessarily want to put him – slot him into a starting rotation spot. If he he has those nagging kind of injuries, then being in the bullpen is somewhere where he's easier to move around. um, Yeah. If need be.
1: And and Chai Daviti reported that he signed to the pen, and that's – Fine. I mean, you know, three million bucks is the right kind of price for someone, you know, a middle relief pitcher on the market, especially
0: one with upside, which he is. Cool. Now, this is the part of the podcast where we thought we were going to be talking about the Michael Brantley signing. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> this is <a>, – yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> um. So, like, it was done and, and he was just going for a physical and then he re-signed with the, his old team. I don't know – The machinations of how you go from Blue Jays player to, oh, wait, uh, back with your old team within 24 hours. But I am stunned that the media got this one wrong. (laughs) This one was special. You don't usually see them get it this wrong.
1: Like sometimes it's like they'll report something as done. Turns out it's not. And then, you know, a week later, two weeks later, he's still unsigned. And it's like, okay, something weird happened. Like Brad Hand was supposed to be a Met 10 days ago.
0: Um. And I mean, often we've had the so and so is signed pending a physical, and if it's the Orioles, the physical fails. We had that, like, yeah, exactly, <laughs> like three times. And, okay, that's not you know, necessarily about, that's Michael
1: Brantley—he's had some injury issues in the past. It could have been that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, at about was about nine this morning, ten this morning. <clears throat> Hazel May tweets out: "Source confirms Blue Jays have signed Michael Brantley to a three-year deal." And then a few minutes later, Ken Rosenthal source confirms Blue Jays have signed Michael Brantley to a three year deal. It's like, all right, like we got Michael Brantley, like it's they've got nine hundred outfielders now. Now they have nine hundred and one.
0: <laughs> and George Springer is their good buddy. Yeah, is his good buddy, so it makes sense that he same would, agent, yeah, fall in line.
1: Yeah, and Brantley's a really good hitter, so it's like you make it work. You there's all these tradable assets you've got if you've got. Two new outfielders. So it was a weird fit, but just get good players. It's kind of the, the thinking there. And so people were happy. Like I was thrilled. Everyone was rejoicing. And then around noon, eleven thirty, 30, Mark Feinstein and Jeff Passon were like, Deal's not done. Still talking. Other teams still in the mix. And then it's it, so we're going to get to this later, but it sounded yeah. like some of the reporting was Springer. It's like okay, maybe like it's just like you know they're they're doing a physical and then they don't want to announce something right away, and then Ken Rosenthal went on t v and said it's like the Jays want to do a trade to make this work um, and you know they're just doing that, they're just trying to finalize that first, and it's like, okay, that makes sense too
0: and then, you got you gotta clear the deck for the guy to come in, not necessarily budget wise, but if the trade doesn't work, well then maybe you know,
1: yeah. It's like, yeah, you want to make sure you can deal one of your outfielders because you don't want to be stuck with five regular outfielders. And then it's like Astros have signed Michael Brantley. And it's like, wait, whoa, what? (laughs) (laughs) What happened
0: here? Uh, Yeah, none of that stuff that we thought was happening happened. That's the truth is Hazel May got a crappy source. And uh, yeah, we're going to go into it. uh, We're practically doing the do over now. But um, yeah, so no Michael Brantley. Long story short, uh, unless you're an Astros fan, in which case Michael Brantley. For only a two-year deal.
1: Yeah, two years, thirty-two million bucks, which is, you know, that's a fair contract for him, and you know he's turning thirty-four in the in the spring, and that's fair. But, man, what a weird day this was.
0: So the question comes up: What's next?
1: What's next? Well, Trevor, it's not Bauer. Michael Brantley. <laughs> oh, Trevor Bauer. Oh God. <laughs> Oh man, like the 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 Blue Jays Twitter will be a very, very interesting place if that happens. Yeah, I'm, here's the thing, right? So Springer was the guy they wanted, and he was sort of the linchpin, which would determine the rest of their season. If they off season, if they got him, then they could do a bunch of different things. One of them was originally trade for Lindor because they'd have extra outfielders. Well, <laughs> can't do mm. that anymore. Well, you could, but I don't think the it Mets really would
0: weird. Him. <laughs> it's just like oh yeah, you've had him you had him for twenty minutes. Okay, give him to us now. No, I don't think that works.
1: No. Um but I mean Real Muto is still out there, is still out there. And then on the infield side, there's Didi Gregorius, Marcus Simeon, Colton Wong. Um, you know, there's all the pitchers, which they still need a pitcher for sure, starting pitcher. And then there's trade candidates like Chris Bryant. I mean, there's still so many things they can do. And if they were realistically in on Michael Brantley, they've got the money for another batter of quality. Yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be really interesting. It's like like it took forever for new moves to happen. And then three and a half things happened in 40 hours.
0: that's why that's why we had to take the last one back because it can't be that many things they exceeded their number of things
1: exactly you're only allowed three it's like come on guys no breaking the rules
0: yeah this is the it's the rule of threes are you not is is no one taught you anything
1: gosh yeah it's like it's like the padres right they got darvish snell and kim and then they had to wait before they could get (laughs) joe musgrove (laughs) those are the rules uh
0: uh so yeah the Blue Jays, I think we've we we were gonna discuss the things that haven't happened, but I think they all pretty much came up who who the Jays had, had uh let pass by or but I'm unable to pull the trigger on um up until now. Um yeah, because we we even we even mentioned Hendricks. Um Yeah. So yeah, I guess the Jays are, are not gonna miss Ken Giles the way we thought they were gonna miss him.
1: No, I guess not. I mean it's pretty I mean, Kirby Yates is better when they're healthy I mean Ken Giles is very good when he's healthy too, but Kirby Yates was the best closer in baseball for two years
0: and has not had repeated instances of his uh of, of things flaring up. I know he had uh, again he had surgery, but it's not a, it wasn't up until this point an ongoing thing and I think we we saw over time that Ken Giles just kept going down and down and downhill um yeah and
1: Yates had it, yeah Yates had his physical he passed it the deal was officially announced. So no Orioles situation here. <laughs> and,
0: <laughs> it's hard to keep yeah, up with the Orioles.
1: Oh, my God. Um, yeah, so
0: pretty good. So some years have been very sort of uh, nail-biter-ish in the um, arbitration process. Uh, but the Jays uh, settled with Ross Stripling and with, Theoscar Hernandez with, with not a lot of fanfare. Yeah,
1: um, both of them... Fine. fine. Ross simply got three million bucks, and Oscar Hernandez got a little over four, and that's fine. It's a little more than the projection, but oh, would you really want to go to a a hearing this year? Like, how would you
0: possibly deal with that? Based on last year, yeah. Like, what the hell, man? You don't know yeah, what happened her- last year.
1: No, Hernandez got four point three two five million. So it's like. It's like, what if you're like three hundred thousand dollars apart? Just figure something out. Otherwise, you could be way apart. The arbitrator could be like, "Yes, we're going to prorate those numbers," and this guy is now a seven million dollar player.
0: Um, I always find some players weirder in our arbitration than others because it seems like, like he was, he had been to the major leagues with Houston. Seems like he's been around the Blue Jays longer than most players, and yet he's still not. Approaching free agency. It's very strange to me. I don't know how my brain figures out whether a guy is, you know, old enough, quote unquote, for arbitration or not. Or for for free agency or not. But yeah, Teoscar seems a lot older than that.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's uh yeah, it's a weird thing the way that sometimes the schedules of guys' careers work out. It's like Josh Donaldson was first year arbitration eligible as a super two when the Jays got him at twenty eight. Yeah. It's like, it's like some guys break through late. And, you know, in Oscar Hernandez's case, he's also 28 years old and he just took a while to find his footing. But he's been a really strong hitter for the last season and a half and looks like a actual useful piece.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, if they trade him, that's the thing is if they trade any of these guys right now, um, they, they're going to get something back. Like they're going to get a major league piece back because they're giving up a major league piece. So I'm, I'm curious to see how that works out for him. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think at this point we're going to take a deep breath. Uh, we're going to give it uh, a couple of minutes for uh, to go grab a drink, and then it's going to seem like a lot less than that. But we're going to be right back with you folks with your questions, <laughs> which is the most important part. Welcome back. Yes, I've actually had time to get up and, and get a drink. I'm that fast. It's amazing. Uh, what's amazing, though, is that you people are still clamoring to hear us after a long layoff and an offseason where absolutely nothing has happened. So here come your questions.
1: Time now to hear from our listeners. That just seems silly.
0: Here are the rules. First I ask a question, then you ask a question. How does that sound, sweetheart? Could you repeat the question, please? We'll start with a softball question from Dynasty Junkie at Peep My Slash Line. Who plays center field? Springer, Grichuk, or Teoscar? And then laugh crying emoji. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Clearly, it's Teoscar.
0: Yeah, he's one of the best right fielders in the league, so you'd obviously put him in center.
1: <laughs> Good callback.
0: Uh and Ross asks no, just tells us that Brendan Kuhn, who broke the Springer signing. Who is not a major media player in, in the sense of all these other guys? Uh, he better be our guest. I don't know if we have the kind of poll to get a, a guy like that.
1: He's too big time for us now.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh,
1: um, we will talk about this again though in our <laughs> new over segment. But m- 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 sorry, sorry, Brandon, Brandon. I almost called you Brandon like they did on Tim and Sid. No, uh, <laughs> congrats, Brandon. Though that was really cool.
0: Yeah, and thanks for asking questions on this pod. Uh, uh, I believe in the past. I'm um, pretty sure I've seen his name. Lockdown sad boy at split letters. Jeez, it's getting rough out there, isn't it, Luke? Um, <laughs> Lockdown sad boy at split letters. Did either of you get any sleep last night, or were you too giddy to sleep like the rest of us? You go first. i I'm not losing sleep over, over a midwinter deal. I'm sorry. I think those days are behind me. I envy those who are still uh, gleeful over the Blue Jays. So, Go for it. go for it, lose some sleep uh you- you josh
1: um i was i did stay up later than I probably would have just soaking it all in with like the, the js Twitter and things like that, so I guess the answer is technically yes, but I was able to get to sleep when I tried to go to sleep <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh Rob Coates at coates rob thirty three um uh, I wonder if that's his favorite number or if he was born in nineteen thirty three um, what do you guys think the lineup will look like? Some of the national beat writers, like Heyman had a really weird to me. Is I think lineup is Biggio still the leadoff guy? Does Vlad crack the top five? Uh, you take we another first,
1: lineup though. question too, which from Mike at Go Sends Go said, "Give us your lineup so we can be mad at it."
0: I mean, that's fair. You're gonna be mad at it regardless. So, um.
1: And you know, I'm just going to find all the ones that asked about this. So yeah, based on last season's numbers, Vlad now bats seventh. Now this was after the Brantley non-signing, but
0: uh, okay, I think that's it. Uh, well, Qu- Quinn asked, should the Jays look, Was well, kind of related, should the Jays look at moving Guriel back to the infield? But he said, assuming the Brantley deal is done. <steroid music> ha ha, never make an assumption. You make an ass out of you and umption. Um...
1: The ump will shun you.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. So, yes, those are all the lineup questions. You, you do, do you have a lineup?
1: I'll give it a shot.
0: Okay. Fire away.
1: Let's see here. We got – well, this is – again, this is assuming they make no other moves. So, <laughs> Vlad is my third <laughs> baseman. But – so, first, leading off is of Springer because that's what he is. Springer, Bobichette. Vlad Guerrero, Teoscar Hernandez, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., Rowdy Telez, Randall Grichuk, Danny Jansen, Kevin Biggio. Wow. Okay. I don't want Biggio in the top three, so I want him at the bottom to turn that lineup over.
0: Right, so the high OBP guys still stick together even though he doesn't get as many reps because his, his OBP is his skill.
1: Yeah, and I still just worry about the Kevin Biggio. I mean, you saw in the playoffs, like the, the Rays just exposed him by just pumping hard fastballs at him, and he couldn't do anything. So at least if he does keep up his skill, he's still really valuable down there, and he can move up. But initially, I would that's how I'd do it. If I, But again, like the Jays are going to have a million different lineups. So.
0: so I tend not to get into lineup construction uh, games because of the Mike Napoli era in Toronto. This is this is a serious throwback. I, I'm pretty sure for most people. So the Blue Jays. Well, I mean, we had we had the abridged version of that this afternoon. Well, yes and no. The Mike Napoli trade actually happened. Um, so Mike Napoli was a Blue Jay for all of you who don't remember the home runs he hit and the the great uh, game calling he did. Um, that's because he didn't get to do any of that. He simply got to say he was a Blue Jay uh, because he was then. After being traded from the Angels to the Blue Jays for... Was he part of the Vernon Wells deal? Yes, he was. For the for Vernon Wells. Um, he immediately, within 48 hours, I'm sure, got flipped for uh, Frankie Francisco. Yep. The hilarious... Now, why do I remember all of that? Because that was literally ten, nine years ago? Something like that. The reason I remember that is because the number of... of Lineup constructions and role espousements and DH speculations that went on about how Mike Napoli was going to fit in with this Blue Jays lineup at the time, um, and how important a piece he could be and how valuable he could be, and then he was gone.
1: <laughs> like articles, it was were I actually I think it was the next day. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's the thing. We had, we had the like the mini version of that. There were so many lineups on Twitter out there with Michael Brantley in the two-hole or the three-hole. And it's like, well, <laughs> he's gone. <laughs> that's,
0: that's, that's not it's not happening. So um, gone, he didn't even show up.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's why I said without any of the moves, right? Because I know that a, a week from now or two weeks from now, the lineup <laughs> I just threw out there for Mike to, to get mad at is not going to be accurate.
0: Yeah. All right. So uh, Josh at J Treats has an amusing – very amusing series of tweets. He's like, what's the next step? Get Brantley and trade. This is this from nine hours ago. Uh, what's the next step? Get Brantley and trade an outfielder for a starting pitcher. Is there another good route to a starting pitcher that would keep a potent batting line of it back? And then eight hours ago. Well, would you look at that referencing? Of course, Michael Brantley has been signed. And then, uh, then four, four hours ago. Well, would you look at that again? <laughs> <laughs> fully <laughs> totally encapsulates
1: the Brantley era in Toronto.
0: <laughs> there it is. So thank you for that jay treats. Um yeah, good times. I think you've answered your own question. Um no, what what's the next step? Uh it's not get Brantley obviously. <laughs> is there another no. good r- route to a starting pitcher? Um maybe a maybe it does come down to a prospect and and one of those many other outfield pieces that, that we talked about. Yeah, and
1: also they could also just sign Masahiro Tanaka or James Paxton or Taewon Walker or something like that and just spend money. So they have definitely options, and there's still good players out there.
0: Yep. Uh, okay. Uh, so who goes first, Lourdes or T- T- Oscar and a moment of silence for the end of the Derek Fisher era. That's from Aaron Polesky at Polesky29. Um, yeah. Uh who goes first? I think Lourdes goes first.
1: I think so too. He has more trade value, I think, because of his age and his – sorry, I meant his contract. He's got four years of control left. Teoscar has got three. And I just think that Teoscar's power upside is something that Jays probably don't want to trade yeah. because people probably won't buy it. Like, remember the offers for Bautista after <laughs> when he was breaking yep. out that year? It's like, Emmanuel Burris is the – it's oh. like, who the hell's Emmanuel Burris? <laughs>
0: Uh quick comment from Roy at Yeah, hi Roy. Woo! woo. This is fun, eh? Um I don't know if that was before or after Michael Brantley didn't sign. But, it was after. Hey. Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I don't know if he's still woo
0: wooing. Yeah. Sure. I still
1: am because they still got Yates and Springer in twenty-four hours, which is amazing uh but yeah michael brantley kind of lowered it just a little bit
0: uh matt sweeby wants to know do they just copy the raptors parade route or plan something different um i don't know if you've noticed that blue jay matt but parades kind of passe these days
1: (laughs) (laughs) hey and by october we're still hoping that parades can happen again
0: all right masked parades that's what i'm all for uh brad or asked who gets traded now in the outfield we just answered that we think it's Lourdes if if it's anybody, uh. But we don't really know. I mean, heck, why would we know? Um, human being at X twenty four rocks. asks, do you think a trade or a free agent signing of a pitcher is more likely?
1: I still think it's a signing because well, if they had actually signed Brantley, I would say trade because they would have way too many outfielders and too many catchers. But. When they haven't done that i sh- I have to lead towards any always a free agent standing right now because they're really active in the free agent market
0: right um good question from minor leaguer how much uh would Tyler chat would chat about if chatwood could chat would
1: I think he ruined it by putting Tyler in there excuse yeah. me, how much wood would chat would chat if chatwood could chat would? <laughs> so what's the answer Greg?
0: uh he would uh, chat as much as he could if chatwood could chat would good job <laughs> um, I don't know if there's any other answer to that uh, Matt Thomas at Thomas Matt C thoughts on a six man rotation whoa uh, injury concerns with Ryu is why you had that build up of innings from last season etc cetera, etc cetera. touched on effectively wild in regards to the Padres what do you think about the Jays I, I have a first thought about that which is you would need six good starting pitchers wouldn't you
1: yeah that would make a big difference um <laughs> 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 so one of the interesting things about this is that it kind of lends credence to the idea of signing Trevor bauer oh
0: <laughs> I mean, no Buck, no here we go again uh, okay
1: uh, no, no 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 i don't i don't we're, i'm with you but bauer wants to occasionally pitch every four days or every five days before three days rest no four days there we go um and Ryu needs occasional extra days. And Pearson might need occasional extra days. So having a guy who can alter that routine so people get extra days without overly affecting the rest of the pitchers in their rotation, it's kind of interesting. A six-man rotation, I don't like them. I, I don't like – when you're the Padres, right? Like you've got – they have Snell, Darvish, Limette, Musgrove. Uh, I'm forgetting someone important. Yeah, like I, I, got, <laughs> I do
0: not know the Padres' rotation. You got me there.
1: Yeah, they—I they, mean, they—they've got all the pitchers right now, and if you—and they have all these good, ready pitching prospects. So yeah, go for six men there if you want to. But the Jays, it makes no sense.
0: All right, and then the last question that I have is from Ellie Ellie Hart again, which is a a very appropriate what malarkey, which uh the 46 president would be happy with uh is going on with brantley signing or not signing you know what i I sincerely would like to know what happened there and and we're never going to know are we
1: you know my favorite theory is that i've seen a few times is that there was a purposeful leak they were the jays were trying to find a leak so they like fed different stories to different people (laughs) and okay one That would be hilarious if it were true, but also really, really dumb because (laughs) it just makes the organization look like clowns, (laughs) especially because it was broken by a Sportsnet reporter. It's like, this is your parent company, guys. And two, it's really funny if they were trying to do it because Brendan Kuhn, who we talked about earlier, broke the Springer story and he did not comment (laughs) on the the story. So his source... If he, you know, whoever his source is, either told him and he sat on it or he didn't get that information. So it didn't help.
0: Good times. Uh, But, yeah, I don't think we'll ever have the real, real answer on that one. I would like to know that a fly on the wall would be wonderful. All right. So I am going to go to Strong Bad because. All right. What would I do different? (laughs) Well, Well, I've never actually made a mistake. There have been a few, let's call them, stenanks. That could be worthy of a do-over. I feel like that is Ken Rosenthal today. Oh my God. <laughs> or this week. Uh, so we alluded to this a whole bunch about, about. well, let's start with, this is a do-over for me about a lesson in, in patience and trying too hard to look like you're on top of things. Um, but... Where did Ken Rosenthal start to start to have a rough week? It was it was pre-Blue Jays, was it not? Oh yeah. This was his fourth
1: one in about oh. ten days. So he reported that Brad Hand was signing with the Mets right after the Lindor trade. Brad Hand's still a free agent. <laughs> <laughs> and then he reported that Kirby Yates had signed for eight and a half million dollars. It was five and a half million dollars. Right. And then So the one that, and then the most recent one we mentioned was Brantley, but the one that I wanted to talk about was the one related to Springer, but I'll let you continue before I get into that if you want to say something else.
0: There seems to be this idea that has been prevalent for a very long time that you must, as a sports reporter, be both either first to announce that you know that something is happening or to confirm that you know that something is happening and allow uh and then give credit to the person who broke it first but you know you need to tweet personally that you knew that he was right about what he was tweeting and the whole thing is a ridiculous uh spitting contest that doesn't make any sense to me at all because if george springer signed with the blue jays for 150 million dollars at 9 a.m or at 1 p.m or yesterday at midnight the end result is exactly the same. no, no Yeah, one the is, whole breaking no one,
1: news culture is especially stupid when you get like 30 seconds later. Source confirms, report, so and so. It's like 30 seconds later, really? Like, <laughs> um,
0: No one is yeah, subscribing but, to your, your newsletter because you first knew that George Springer was going to be a blue jet. That's not why they come to you. I'm sorry. No one gives
1: a crap. Well, I mean, tell that to Brendan's Twitter followers. But. Uh, <laughs> But but this is – you really hit on the thing in the middle there, this idea that you have to look like you're on top of it. And this is what drove me nuts because – so Brendan Kuhn broke the story of Springer signing with the Jays around – I don't remember the time, 8 p.m., 9 o'clock, somewhere in there. Right. And, you know, people don't know Brendan. He had 1,300 Twitter followers, right? He was not – like, I know Brendan, you know Brendan, but like – He's not a known personality, especially in the sports media world. So people were doubting it. So then everyone's like waiting for the known people to confirm it because – which is fair. Like you don't know this guy. You don't know where he's coming from. I trusted it. But
0: but if, 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 I'm, if, I'm, someone, if I'm a Houston Astros fan, I absolutely am waiting to make a comment until I see whomever 100% confirm it.
1: Right. So, like, totally fair. I totally get that. But then Joel Sherman, John Morosi, John Heyman, Ken Rosenthal all tweeted out things that were like Blue Jays are the front runners. Blue Jays not finalized deal deal not finalized, but optimism strong senses. The Jays are gaining momentum, but the Mets are still in it. And then the craziest one was Ken Rosenthal. It's like one source estimates Blue Jays stand 70% chance of getting Springer based on momentum of negotiations while George Springer was on a plane to Dunedin for his physical.
0: I mean, if if you want to admit you got nothing, this is kind of a real backhanded way to express it. Just, just yeah, be like, I, I got nothing.
1: <laughs> and this is why I, I actually really respect Jeff Passan because he doesn't say anything until he knows he didn't say squat during this entire time until it was confirmed Springer was a blue Jay because he didn't want to look like a clown like these people. Like (laughs) don't, if you don't know anything, don't pretend that you do to make it sound like you're involved. Like we get it. You could not confirm Brendan's report because he had a source that you don't that happens. Suck it up and move on. Like just let it go. And just when it's confirmed, let us know until then tell us you don't know you're trying to confirm it or nothing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Don't make noise. We got enough noise. There's, there is enough noise in the sports world that you don't need to add to it. And again, I will still read your articles. I, I, I still respect your opinion. I, if you want to talk about you know, something you know about in the game, I will. I think Ken Rosenthal's great for that. I think he's, he's really good. I just don't understand this breaking news thing. So guys, next time, if you don't have anything real to say, don't say it.
1: <laughs> it's, it's like, it, it's the corollary of nice, there's anything nice yeah. to say. Don't say anything at all. Like, you don't know, anything real to say. Don't say anything at all. It's, the, it's like, it's better to be thought a fool than open your mouth and remove all, remove all doubts. This applies sure. here.
0: <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay. So, uh, next, um, we have our old friend, uh, frenemy, Marcus Stroman, uh, whose tweets all read, Marcus Stroman has blocked you on Twitter for me, but you got to take in the Marcus <laughs> Stroman tweet.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm amazed he hasn't blocked me yet, but, uh, uh, he, so when, when the, when the Mets traded for Lindor and Carrasco, which was a huge trade, right? And like, it was a big, big move. And then it was reported the Jays finished second. They had the second best offer for Lindor, which like Oh God, another one of these reports.
0: That's a, That's There's a Ricky no Bobby, second, isn't either. it? What's that? Isn't that a Ricky Bobby? Uh, second place is just the first loser
1: yeah but also it's just like you didn't finish second it's like they didn't want your offer they wanted the indians offer like or the cleveland baseball team's offer like it's, yours was not good enough theirs was that's the end of it it's yeah, not I, like if the go ahead
0: i finished second for a job application i've noticed it doesn't come with some sort of uh some sort of reward it's pretty much the same as not getting the job in every other position
1: yeah, so these reports kept coming out, and it was just getting a little bit silly. But Marcus Stroman tweeted out about the Blue Jays, that front office will never build the team they should around their unbelievable core of young players. It's a travesty. He deleted the tweet pretty quickly after that, but <laughs> it's out there. Everybody saw it. <laughs> uh, um,
0: AIDS, like, <laughs> Aids like wine. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, yeah aged
1: like some vegetables left out in the sun
0: <laughs> <laughs> not not a travesty anymore but thanks thanks for letting us know you still are obsessed with your previous organization and whether they do things right or not even though you went to the playoffs twice with them it's fine I, I, he was a good player while he was here but what a weird personality
1: yeah it's just like why do you care just leave, yeah. you're on the mats. Your team made an awesome move. Like, just be happy about that. Why do you need to take a cheap shot at the former organization that even at that time, like, it's like, this is not going to age well. (laughs) We know that they're active on everybody. They're going to get someone.
0: All right. So we are rounding into form for the end of the podcast. So what have you in the way of other thoughts?
1: Yeah. So there was one move that we did not cover in the first part because it was, you know, not on the same level. (laughs) Uh, the Jays brought Tyler – Tyler, wow. They got A.J. Cole back. Um, he they brought him on a minor league deal, which is worth a million bucks if he makes the big, which is actually more than his arbitration projection was. It, but he's – just this way he doesn't have to take up a spot in the 40 man until they're ready to deal with all that stuff at the end of spring training because people get hurt and then cuts are more obvious. Uh, it's a nice move. I mean the Jays, like in their bullpen, they could have – is the people we mentioned earlier, Yates, Chatwood, Dolis, Romano, Baraki. And then you had Cole and Julian Merriweather. That's seven pretty good relievers. And then you have Yamaguchi, who can't be sent to the minors as your eighth guy. But I'd take that.
0: I'd take that. Of course you would. Uh, it's seven guys who have have pedigree and track record. And I think the Blue Jays have repeatedly found themselves in a situation where they have maybe, you know... Not every year, but where they have five or six guys with those things and then they have two well, maybe we'll make something out of these guys because, you know, they had good record in the miners uh doing this, but we're gonna have them do that, or they're a little older and we sign them here or whatever. So yeah, I, I think um I think the Blue Jays definitely have a solid team, but um we'll have to see how this shakes out. But I think we're looking at uh how many more ads do you need to look like you're about to compete with the Yankees and and their ilk. Yeah, and cool. it also
1: just sort of crystallizes, though. It's like the bullpen is good enough. Yeah, if Brad Hand falls into your lap for a good price, you sign him. But if not, fine. You like you leave your offer out there. It's like if you want this, take it. But if not, we're just going to focus on starting rotation in the infield, and that's fine. Like they they everything is the you know the outfield is settled, the bullpen is settled. Now it's just focus on the other two areas, and they've got money to spend, so it's pretty good.
0: So, I am going to move to my final thought to, um, as the old tweet from, I think, 2015 says, ah, the Mets. Uh, The Mets have a new owner, and we thought for a brief shining moment, I did, that maybe the Mets had left the uh, bumbling behind. No. (laughs) The Mets hired Jared (laughs) Jared Porter on December 18th, I believe. Uh, And less than a month later, it came to light that he made... Very uncomfortable advances to a uh, female reporter, um, including 60 texts between her last response to him uh, and not uh, and 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 him sending uh, various things to her, including um, an entirely vulgar picture, classy move and insisting he was a nice guy. So the, the Mets now to their credit, this is what not would have not happened in the previous iteration of the Mets. They have fired Jared Porter.
1: <laughs> yeah, like it, the news broke <laughs> at 11 p.m., and he was fired in the morning. Like they acted very fast. Anyone who joke who says it's like their their comments at the beginning were not enough or whatever. Yeah. It's like they just found out. Give them time to process it, and they took them less than 12 hours to deal uh, with it.
0: <laughs> now, the thing I, I sort of wanted to highlight here that I think is is probably important for. Baseball teams going forward, because we see that there are more um, women and minorities getting positions in coaching and, um, you know, in behind the scenes and in front offices and stuff like that. And, and what has been a very male and mostly white um, industry is they asked a bunch of people about Jared Porter's um, character. And they got a bunch of resounding, he's a really great guy. And then the, a reporter who asked that followed up by asking, did you ask any women about his character? And the answer was no. So not only was this person a uh, a, a woman who he harassed, um, she was apparently from another country and did not, from the sounds of it, have English as her first language in that she, had, she approached a player from the country that she was from. And um, and asked him eventually if this was appropriate and how to respond because she was so uncomfortable. And he helped with the translator. He helped craft a response to um, Porter to finally get him to stop texting. So I think the other question is, did they ask anyone who was, um, you know, from uh, the Dominican or from uh, any of the other uh other countries where you know the major league baseball gets players from and and staff from uh about his character and his relationship with them I bet you the answer there is also no we never really thought about it and baseball has to has to get into the 21st century and think about not just hiring these people uh who are of other backgrounds and um have other perspectives but they need to make sure the people who are already there are welcoming and helping these people because you're going to be able to do better and have more um, resources at your disposal if you're treating people the right way and clearly there's no way jared porter sent 60 texts to only one woman in his whole life and got rebuffed by only one it,
1: no, no chance
0: none so yeah this is a great if, if you are in a Major League Baseball front office right now and you watch Porter, again, general manager, this this was not like assistant to the scouting director, um, general manager, get hired and fired in, in the space of less than a month because of ridiculously bad behavior. This is your chance to figure out who in your organization is this much of an idiot and to get rid of them as fast as possible and replace them with someone who's going to be welcoming and who is going to be um, a better asset to you in the long run. There you go. Here's my soapbox. I think you nailed it. Thanks. All right. So that said, um, we are coming to the end of the podcast, which is to say that you have been Joshua Hausen at Joshua Hausen, And I have been Greg Wisniewski at Coolhead 2010. And this has been Artificial Turf Wars episode number 190. And we will talk at you as soon as anything significant happens. Doesn't even have to be... A hundred million dollars this time. How <laughs> <That's laughs> generous! Exactly.